to Totalis Rankium. This week, Season 2, Round 2, Appropriate Crazium. And welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob. Welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. Uh, ranking, we've done all the ranking. We've ranked all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine 11. And we're now in the rounds, the chariot races. Editing Rob here, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up here. History Dog, for some reason, was particularly uh, enthusiastic about life and possibly looking into history uh, in this episode. He was uh, off on one, as you could say. And usually I try and edit all his uh, historical enthusiasm out. Uh, but there was so much, so much this episode. So you're going to hear History Dog for a bit. But you know what? I assume if you've got this far, you're probably a little bit of a fan of History Dog. He's a very cute dog. So please forgive his uh, interruptions whenever Jamie's talking. And just know that uh, at the end of recording, he was rewarded for being a good boy. Because he is certainly a very good boy. Here we are, the second round, Jamie. Nice. Second round, how do you think uh, last round went? I thought it was fair, but I could understand if some people didn't quite agree. But, you know, they're wrong. It's fine. We've done it. Well, um, you'll be pleased to know we can find out. Because Ah, there is a listener's poll on our uh, Discord. So if you're one of our Patreons, you can have access to our Discord. And you can go and you can do your own round of voting. And um, it's just going to be open the whole time we do this. So we yeah. can decide right at the end who the listener people who go through are. Uh, but I'll give you an update on round one. I'd just like to point out that uh, Anastasius, who I, I wasn't sure about, because mm. just to remind you, we put through Romanus and Anastasius. Uh, I, I thought maybe John 1 should have gone through instead of Anastasius. But you, you were like, no, Anastasius, definitely. And I did agree with you. I do like Anastasius. Well, our listeners completely agree with you. Anastasius so far is running away. Absolutely running away with the votes at the moment. However, in joint second place is John 1, who I thought maybe should have gone through. Yeah. Uh, I did like John 1 and Romanos, who is someone okay. who you were keen on. So it's, a, yeah. it's close. It looks like Anastasius has definitely got it for the listener poll but like I say I'm not going to shut that till the end uh, but it's a throw up between Romanos 1 okay. and John 1 if you're a listener you've not voted yet go onto our discord it's in the uh, season 2 rounds listener poll section and uh, yeah just choose the right emoji uh, Anastasius is Rocky the Rock emoji and uh, and uh, Romanos 1 is the Holy Peach emoji so it's, it's all nice. good it's all good uh, anyway we're not doing those today I just thought I was going to... I just thought I'd keep you updated on what our listeners think. Yeah. Because today it is round two, but before we go into the people we are discussing, that means, Jamie, it's not Phytius Maximus. <gasps> the best but it round. is your very, very favourite. It is Yay. Approbium Crasium. So let's, let's break some, some stats down, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's get statical. Me. Okay, so we're going to start by looking at the dynasties, as per usual. I'm just going to run through them very quickly. The Leonids, very, very sane bunch. Mm. Average of 0.5. That is very sane. Very sane. 
I can't discuss wow. whether it's the sanest dynasty we've ever had because that would be talking about season one and we're not doing it. Mm. Oh. The Justinians, 7.8. Getting there. Getting there. Almost halfway. The Heraclians, 7.2. 20 years of anarchy, Jamie. How crazy do you think? <laughs> how crazy do you think that got? Well, yeah, I'd say above 10. Well, bearing in mind I'm not including Justinian too, because he falls into the uh, Heraclean dynasty, not the Twenty Year Anarchy. Are you are you sat down? I mean, I know you're sat down, but the listeners don't know you're sat down. I shall re-sat down. Yes. Okay. Zero point two, Jamie. Really? Zero point wow, okay. two. We didn't. Maybe ha- they were just bad. They, they were, were bad. We didn't were... have a lot on them. They just kept being cooed. Uh, so most of no. them scored nothing at all. If Justinian had been in there, obviously Justinian too did very well in that round. So, uh, yeah. but we'll talk about that in a moment. So. Uh, the year of the five, uh, not year of five emperors, sorry, the 20 year anarchy dynasty uh, officially is our Salus dynasty of season two. Oh, uh, the Isaurians got 5.8, the Nikephorans only 1.8, not too good. Yeah. The Amorans, 7.3, the Macedonians, mm-hmm. 20 of them, and there were yeah. some right crazies in there, uh, but yeah. there's 20 of them and there's some very sane ones, which brings the average yeah, right down, down to four. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they were delicate, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, the Ducas, uh, only 1.8. Yeah. Mm. Komnenos generally have done very well uh, in season mm. two. Only a score of six. Yeah. Uh, the Angelos, 5.4. The exiled Lacarus dynasty, 1.3. Then finally, the Paleologos dynasty. I mean, it was all at the end. Maybe they were going crazy at the end. Oh, the empire was mm. falling. Uh, 4.6. Wow. Now, like I say, we're not talking about season one. I've not even checked, Jamie. But I have a feeling that season two is a lot sanier than season one, if you take in the averages. Yeah. That is means that the Heraclians are our third craziest dynasty, with only 7.2. The Amorians on 7.3 come second, and the Justinian dynasty, with a mere 7.8, are actually our craziest. It's not bad. Yeah, so what a same And it's bunch. Justinian II carrying most of that, wasn't he? Oh, no, Justinian II is Heraclean, remember? But his name's Justinian. I know, it's confusing, but Justinian II is a Heraclean, not a Justinian. Bloody Romans and their names. A lot of the Justinian dynasty's score comes from Justin II, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay, so the most sane, the bottom five... Who was our sanest emperor? Right, we don't need to discuss anything here, because just like in season one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at all the emperors with zero in this round. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to say the sanest is the one with the highest score with a zero in this round. Because if you're Makes scoring sense. high and still getting a zero in a Brobium Grazium, that's because you're very sane, not because we don't yeah. have anything on you. I figure. That's a good point, yeah. 27 cool. emperors scored zero. Wow, that's, that's, that's... Do you know, when you say that, it makes the series sound a lot more boring. I, I, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> roughly around a third of the emperors got zero yeah. in this round. Wow. It just doesn't... You look at this, it's like, wow, what a sane bunch. What a sane yeah. bunch. There's no way that's not significantly higher than season one, surely. I, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're not. We're not. Okay, only five emperors with uh, zero in this round got Gene Caesar. Uh, but here are the top three sanest emperors, or the bottom three of this round. Third, we get Tiberius II from the Justinian dynasty. He didn't get Genesisar, and he was very no. sane. Second, John II from our last episode. Oh, he, good old John. he wasn't good enough to go through, but uh, he was good enough to get into the, the rounds, and he mm. was a very sane emperor. 
I'd be happy with that result. But our very sanest emperor of season two is awarded to none other than Anastasius from last round. What a sane bunch we had last round. Yeah, yeah. so good, so calm. Such a calm group. There you go, bunch of sanies. Yeah. What about the, ooh, you wouldn't invite them around to meet your mother-in-law, kind of. Uh, yeah. Not sure why you're inviting people to meet your mother-in-law. But, but That'd you be just, weird. Yeah, but maybe you are. and You'd avoid these ones. Mm. Yeah. So we can, I can tell you fifth and fourth place easily, but then we've got three joint firsts, so we're going to have to do some uh, clearing up. Yeah. So in fifth place is, interestingly, Alexius Four. Ah. Alexius IV um, didn't really do anything apart from one thing, and he earned a lot of points doing it. He sold the empire to the Latin Crusading States. He did. Yes, he did. He did. And for that, he got a score of 15, which mm. isn't a huge score, but it's enough to get him fifth place in this season. Shows how thin on the ground we were. Again. Yeah, you sell the empire, you're going to get high points. So there you go. Fourth place. Oh, we're going way back here, Jamie. It's Emperor Focus. Yeah, way, way back, near the start. Emperor Focus feels more like season one to me. Yeah. He burnt Nazis alive. He had people whipped to death. He had them beaten to death with cudgels. He beheaded people. He amputated bits off people for punishment. He tied them up in sacks and threw them in the sea. He had people tied to stakes and shot through with arrows. Uh, he was generally uh, a nasty man. It's like the good old days of season one, like though, isn't it? Like the good old days. He scored <laughs> a good, chunky 16 uh, yeah. for a lot of uh, being very nasty. Felt like that should have been higher. Yeah, yeah, no. That, when I <laughs> when I did that quick summary, I thought, oh, only 16 for that. I thought exactly the same, but there you go. Uh, only 16, apparently. Right, mm. but now we need to make a decision because we have three emperors, all of them, on 20 points. Oh, okay. Yes. We have, and I'll just put them in order that we came across them first. Mm -hmm. We had Justin II from the Justinian yes. dynasty. We had Justinian II from the Heraclian dynasty. It's the name. And we had Andronicus mm. from the Komnenos dynasty. And they're all a little bit different from each other, and we need to put them in order. So, just to remind you, why did we score them full marks in this round? Because it's hard getting full marks in Probium Crasium. Uh, Justin two, he actually went crazy. Mm. Full on crazy. He did, yes. Yes. I remember that. He imitated animals. He rode around on a throne on wheels because it kept him calm. He kept biting people so much that rumours went around that he had actually eaten two of his staff. Uh, the walls, uh, well, the, the windows, sorry, the doors were boarded up to stop him from escaping. Um, when the Patriarch came round to see if he was okay, he punched the Patriarch so hard in the face that the Patriarch was knocked unconscious. Um, he would hide under the bed from the Boggle, because he thought the Boggle was coming mm. to get him. Uh, he just went insane and, like, actually Clinically. insane. Yes. Yeah. So that's why he scored 20. He is the only emperor that we can point to and went, no, there was something very wrong going on there. We don't... I always feel bad, though. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Because there's a clinical reason for that rather yes. than just being a bit brutal. Because it definitely came along all of a sudden. Um, mm. uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we did, if I remember correctly, we did feel sorry for him in his uh, episode. But let's be honest, we also found some of the stories amusing. Uh, okay. And he also scored four marks because he went insane. Yeah. Okay. Then Justinian II, a little bit different. Uh, he might have slaughtered 10,000 uh, Sclivians, 
maybe, um, mm-hmm. because 20,000 20, other uh, Sclavians uh, deserted him. Uh, so maybe he did a massacre. We don't know. Then he was knocked out of power and came back to power, remember, after his yeah. nose was chopped off. We have him today in our round, so I'll go in this in more detail in a bit. Uh, but when, once he came back, he did a lot of slow burning and torture. Mm. Lots of blinding with vinegar. He ordered mm. a red wedding murder of one of his own cities, uh, Ravenna. He sent some people around there and he invited all the nobility of Ravenna out to a big picnic outside the walls. And once they get there, he <laughs> slaughtered them all. Uh, he wasn't physically there, but it was on his order orders. Uh, there's a very good chance he did the mass killing of Cherson, the area he was exiled to, where people were tied up in sacks and thrown in a river. Uh, he just went very purgy, very killy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we gave him 20 for that. Yeah, because he's just more brutal revengey. Yeah, it's because he was a yeah. full-on revenge story, and we, we liked the revenge story, so we were like, hmm, 20. But maybe, maybe we went a bit high. Um, maybe we did. I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly up there. He should be getting 18, 19, but, mm, I mean, it's, 20? it's no, no worse than what Focus did, though. Or fuck ass. Well, the, yeah, no, this is it. Focus only got um, 16. Mm. Maybe he's liked his story so much. Maybe. Bit, just trying to, try to bolster his points. Maybe that's why. This could be it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then mm, finally, bias. right near the end, um, where we thought no more crazy like this would be seen again, we got Andronicus. So, uh, I, as w- with all of them, whilst doing this, I go back into my old notes just so I can compile some things nice and easily. Um, and I looked into my notes for Andronicus, and I had put, I quote, the whole section of Oprobium Crasium, all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the start of this episode, I completely forgotten I did this. At the start of this episode, mm. I asked you to make a list as we went along because I knew there was going to be a lot. So you actually made a list and then you talked us through all the Opprobium Crazy in that episode. He had lots of affairs with his cousin. Uh, he escaped from prison, got recaught, escaped, got recaught, and escaped again. Uh, he pretended that he needed to go for a poo behind a bush, and then he legged it. The first half of the the episode is essentially him trying to sleep with as many of the Emperor's relatives as possible just to annoy the Emperor, and he kept yeah. being um, arrested and escaping, and it was all fun and antics, and it was just really hilarious. Uh, and then he becomes Emperor... And then suddenly he becomes very purgy and like a very Mm. angry man. When the future Emperor Isaac Angelos revolted, he tied Isaac's mother to a battering ram and threatened to use her to knock the doors down, if you remember that. Yes. Um, He also uh, burnt someone to death in the Hippodrome without tying them up. So they got long sticks and they just kept poking him back in the fire and he tried to escape, which was horrendous. So yeah, I I said at the time, it's an amazing mixture of all the fun type of Probium Crasium, but also mm. the horrific type of Probium Crasium. Um, so, three very different Probium Crasium for Max. Uh, what order do we go in? B- before you went through that big list, I, I think I sort of had my mind made up. I was thinking, maybe Justinian 2? Uh, sorry, yeah, J- Justin 2, because... Because he went insane. Yeah, he actually literally was, so yeah. you can't beat that. Yeah. But there's something quite inciting about Andronicus. There is, and I do feel sorry for Justin, because, I mean, let's face it, if we were doing uh, an American president, and it was recent, we wouldn't just be laughing at the stories. We'd be going, oh, that's really awful. What awful problems. Yes, we enjoyed the stories, but uh, I don't know. I just feel sorry for him. He lost lost it. But but also, I don't think Justinian too... 
he's just he's brutal and revengey, but he was. I think he's more on a level with focus. I mean, yeah, personally. I mean, he quite. I, I think it's more than focus. Focus was doing lots of individual mm. horrible punishments, and they were brutal. Justinian, don't forget, wiped out two of his own cities and also massacred like ten thousand people on top of doing all the personal revenge. I do think Good Justinian point. definitely is worth some focus. Mm. Uh, whether we deserve the full 20 maybe a 19 maybe even as low as an 18 I'm not sure but again we're just in uh, I don't know Um, are you feeling like I am that Andronica should actually be top though for having a variety of opprobrium crazy. Yeah, the note I've just written down is sex escape and purge, and which sounds quite fun. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, let's say Andronicus wins this then. He is officially yeah. our most crazy of the season two emperors. Uh, where do you want to put Justin two and Justinian two then? I, I think... Oh, no, I don't... I think because I feel bad for Justin two. I think he should be third. Okay, no, I'm, I'm happy with that. So... That is third place Justin 2, second place Justinian 2, and our most crazy of all emperors of season 2 goes to Andronicus of the Commonos dynasty. Way! Oh, those Commonos, those Commonos, they're Aye. doing alright. They keep coming up. Right, okay, well that's it. That is it for Probium Crazy. We now know our most sane emperor, well done to Anastasius, and we now know our most crazy emperor, Andronicus. Oh, imagine dinner party with those two. Oh, it ought to balance out. It'll be like a normal dinner party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. An average of ten. <laughs> okay, let's do uh let's do round two, shall we? Round two fight. Okay, here we are, Jamie. This has been dubbed as season two's round of death. Yeah. Which um I mean, we've got some big names here. We have got some big we names. Do. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as season one's round of death, but no, yeah, but it's it's a tough one because we have Justinian one, we have Justinian two, we have Manuel one, we have Justin two, and we have Eudocia. That's a lot of big names. I mean, we talked about two of them just now in the Opium Crazy section. Now, uh, just to give you an idea, last time, most of our contestors were around roughly between the low teens and the low 20s in terms of ranking, what position they ranked him. This time, Justin 1 came rank 4th with a score of 51.5. Justinian 2 came in 3rd with a score (laughs) of 52. Manuel 1, 6th with a score of 43.88. So the first three names were in the top six. Mm. Yeah, different type of round. Justin yeah. two, nowhere near as high with the score. He came in 33rd with a score of 29.38. But as we just saw, he just came third in the most crazy emperor of season two. So he's got yeah. he's got something going for him. He's also in Genesis Quai. Oh, you could say that. Uh, and then there's Eudocia. She came 58th with a score of 14.88. Let's not kid ourselves. Eudocia is probably not going through today. You're so sexist, Rob. <laughs> it pains me. It pains me <laughs> because, and for reasons we'll talk about later, I really like Eudocia. She is a really good emperor to choose uh, if you're looking for an interesting emperor. And this is why I fought yeah. for her to go through to the rounds. But uh, just look at those names she's up against. Anyway, let's let's talk through them then, shall we? Uh, let's do Justinian one first. Justinian one. Justinian I ruled from 527 to 565, a giant in Roman history, arguably the most well-known Eastern Roman emperor of all time, usually the only one mentioned in people's top ten lists of all Roman emperors, as in the only one from the East. 
Usually yeah. the other nine are Western Roman emperors from the early days, and then to show that they know a little bit more than just uh, <laughs> early Roman history, you get Justinian the Great thrown in, because he was great. And uh, Oh, he's got a great after his name. Oh, he is Justinian well, the Great. that's not fair. That's oh, coming in with a, the sledgehammer. Oh, it is. And he was... Oh, he's very good, Jamie. He is very good. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps yeah. that's what made you so hostile against him. Maybe you've forgotten this. <laughs> But you went into yeah. this episode determined not to no, like him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was your attitude. You sat there yeah. and went, "Go on, then impress me. I dare you." Uh, and he did. <laughs> he did impress yeah. you. He did yeah, a lot. He's all right. He's all right. Uh, born as Petrus in a farming village, uh, he headed for the big city because his uncle Justin was doing well there, and he served in the excubitors. Remember, they were like the, the guards of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he met Theodora, an extra. An actress uh, slash sex worker working for the Blues, because the Blues were around, uh, and they fell in love. Got a true, real love story here. Then his uncle, Justin, the head of the Escubitors, managed to take the throne when Anastasius dies. Mentioned this last time with Anastasius, he did the thing with his three nephews, sit on the right chair, and they did sit on the right chair. So he thought, oh, well, whoever I see in the morning can be there. And wouldn't you know it, it's Justinian's uncle, Justin. (laughs) Hi. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy with the sword happened to become the emperor. But hey, it's the Justinian dynasty, so there you go. Uh, everything becomes good. So Justin uh, becomes the emperor. Justinian becomes the heir and an important advisor to his uncle. Straight away, one of the first things he did was change the law so he could marry Theodora. Theodora was too low class to, to marry him, so he just changed the law. Privilege of power. Brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, And then, not too long after, Justin dies, leaving the emperor to Justinian. Uh, And then he went on his campaign of one god, one emperor, one emperor. No, I'll say that again. One god, one (laughs) empire, one emperor. He used to get confused a lot as well. Uh, Yeah. People got used to that. (laughs) They they just, they knew what he was talking about. They wouldn't bother correcting him. It would just embarrass everyone. Yeah. Uh, In other words, he was going to rebuild the fallen empire. That's what he was going to do. But first of all, he didn't He didn't go off rushing, fighting. No, he reworked the tax system so people were paying a more fair share. The, the rich and powerful weren't paying anything at this point, and the poor were really poor. Uh, so he changed that. Mm. Everyone was now happier, apart from the really rich, but they were happy anyway because they were really rich. So it was oh, fine. Yeah. Uh, he then codified all the laws. All the laws since the start, the very start of season one, were a mess. So he went, let's get them all written down in one place so it's clear. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Oh, it was an amazing thing to do. He did it in months. uh, And uh, all of a sudden, the law was now clear. A huge thing revolutionised the empire because all of a sudden they had a clear legal system. Absolutely amazing. Um, (laughs) Know what's going on? Yeah, uh, this is this lays the foundations of modern European law. This is how much of an impact it has. Uh, John Adams is reading this uh, when he's. Do you think the Romans would high five if they knew that? (gasps) The Romans probably did high five, knowing that the Americans were probably like a pre high five. This is going to keep going on. Yeah. Anyway, the Persians then kicked up a fuss. It's back when the Persians were around. Uh, And we Persians. Yeah, we're introduced to Justinian's Agrippa. That's right. It's none other than Balisarius. Balisarius was (gasps) oh just just absolute genius of a general he was the agrippa for justinian it's always good to have an agrippa um yeah yeah. and the roman forces win spectacularly 
that short story there. Uh, but then writing takes place in the capital. The demons were fighting and it led to unrest. The Nika riots break out. Uh, Justinian nearly flees the city, but Theodora says no. Better to be dead than fleeing as an emperor. And uh, Justinian went, oh, you got a good point. Fair enough, I'll stay. Uh, how can we put the riots down, though? Uh, well, they just kill everyone. The soldiers go into the Hippodrome, and an estimated 30,000 people are massacred. So he kills 30,000 of his own people. Something that is quite often forgotten about, I think, with Justinian. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, isn't it? That's like almost a small city's worth. It's, it's really a bad. Very big town. Really bad. Anyway, uh, the, the riots put down. Um, so oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, but not before most of the city is burnt down. This is hugely devastating this, to the city. But silver lining. Okay, most of the city's burnt down, but that means we can rebuild the city. So Justinian orders none other than the best building ever built, the Hagia Sophia is built. Ah. And this is where we get the Hagia Sophia, which you were impressed with in Justinian's episode, but now you have seen how much impact that building had throughout the rest of the series. Does that mean a bit more to you? Because it seemed like yeah. almost everything revolved around the Hagia Sophia. It was mentioned yeah. pretty much every episode. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's when it was built. It was all a bit bendy uh, to begin with, because it was built in a rush. Uh, but, <gasps> yeah. So, what did they get to fix that, Rob? The, the, the goats. Yes. Yeah, it's where the goats come from. So all of that comes from here. Uh, right, anyway, he then decides to get the rest of the empire back, and that meant taking Africa. Africa had been lost uh, to the Vandals, remember? Long sh story yeah. short, Belisarius takes Africa back. There we go. Africa's back. Then, let's get Italy back. Belisarius heads to Italy. Lots of fighting out there over a long period of time. Lots of sieging taking place in Naples and Rome. Um, but eventually, the Goths are defeated, and Italy is back. Hooray! Yay. So Rome is back in the Empire. The, the Empire's back, apart from Gaul and Spain and stuff. Anyway, lots of fighting takes place. The country of Italy is... Well, the region, sorry, of Italy is absolutely worn out. Uh, Ravenna is eventually taken. Uh, and then, as just as everything is looking really good and it looks like the Empire will be fully reunified again, the Black Death appears. The first case of bubonic plague. Horrific scenes. 40% of the population of the city die. Yeah. 10,000 a day were dying at one point in the capital city alone. It was absolutely horrific. End of days apocalyptic stuff. Anyway, they get over that. Uh, <laughs> several years were then fights spending taking Italy back again because they lost Italy during the, the plague. And they do get it back. Then Spain has to rejoin. Hey, if we're getting the Empire back together, we'd like to join in. So Spain's back as well. I mean, it's not like the height of glory days, but essentially the Empire is being rebuilt. No. It's no longer East and West. It's now the Roman Empire again. Can you give him credit, though, for Spain? Because they made that choice themselves. It's not like he took it. It's just Well, yeah, but he yeah, did right. so well, Spain wanted to join it. I'd say that's even yeah, better. Yeah, that's just a good yeah. point. Yeah, at least no one's dying this way. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Justinian then starts paying off barbarian invaders in his uh, uh, later life because he realises that it costs a lot of money. A lot of money fighting these. So he just starts paying them off and he starts focus focusing on unifying the church. We're going to have the whole empire back together. We need to unify the church properly. Uh, he did this by arresting the Pope. Um, long story short, it kind of works. Uh, and then he dies. And despite the worst plague in history, 
up until this point. The empire did nothing but grow under his rule, politically, literally, in terms of culture and art and law. The city is better. Everything is better, even though something awful happened in the middle of his rule. Mightily impressive. There is a reason why he is fifth overall. So that's Justinian one. Is that how you remember it being? It's actually a bit better than I remember. Um, which is, for me, it's really frustrating. Because, oh, Justinian, <laughs> it was so good. You paint a few pictures, built a castle yeah. thing. I believe uh, yeah. you, you said he did nothing. It was all Belisarius. Uh, which that's a good point. It's all Belisarius. I mean, a him. lot of it was Belisarius, but I mean, it's yeah. Augustus all over again, isn't it? Oh, Augustus, he's amazing. No, he's not. It, no, he's not. It is kind of it's Augustus a and Belisarius. I mean, Justinian and Augustus are very similar. They both really uh, helped with all the civil stuff in the empire, whilst they had a very competent general sorting out the military stuff, and the two of them working together means great things for the Empire. You can see why yeah. the parallels are drawn. So there we go. But And interestingly, we did not mark Augustus uh, the highest in Season 1, although a lot of people would put him at the top. And uh, we have not said Justinian the Great is uh, the highest in Season 2, even though a lot of people would. So that says something about us, I feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's undeniably good. Is it good enough to go through? We'll find out. Okay, yeah. next up. Next yeah. up. Oh no, sorry, let me just go for his score. Uh, so um, for Phytius Maximus, he got 16. Very fighty, but marked down for Belisarius doing most of the actual work. Approbium Crasium, 8. In retrospect, that perhaps should have been a bit higher for massacring 30,000 of his own people. We only went four apiece. I'd argue maybe he deserved a couple more points now I'm looking at this afresh. Possibly. Yeah. And considering, yeah, we just said Justinian 2, maybe we scored him too highly in a probing crazy just a moment ago. Maybe if we're doing this again, maybe Justinian 1 would just eke Justinian 2 in the points. Who knows? Uh, Successus Ultimus, 18. Undeniably good. The reason why we marked him down slightly is that he ripped Italy apart, uh, getting them back into the Empire, and all the people living there uh, were yeah. miserable. <laughs> they weren't happy being back in the Empire. So he didn't get four marks. Uh, anyway, Imagofacius, that amazing mosaic, got him 4.75, almost full marks. He ruled for a good long time. He got 4.75 for to- Tempo Completo. A very impressive score, 51.5. He's in the 50s club. He is ranked fourth. Sorry, I said he was ranked fifth a moment ago, didn't I? Fourth is his rank. Fourth, so, yeah, no, yes. yeah, I got that. There you go. So, anyway, that's him. Now let's do Justinian Duh. Justinian Duh. Again. <laughs> well, a little bit more detail this time. Justinian II, he ruled from 685 to 695, and then 705 to 711. The very yeah, fact yeah. I need to say that gives you one reason why he has made it this far. Yeah, He's the last of the Heraclean dynasty, and ooh, it's an action-packed story. Born into the royal family, he was made co-emperor and heir at the age of around 1213. His father died of dysentery, and suddenly he was emperor at 16 years old, Jamie. I'd forgotten how young he was mm. when he became yeah. emperor. To begin with, the new caliph, Al-Malik, was threatening to cause trouble, and Justinian II sent his trusted general, Leontius, to deal with it. And Leontius does, so that's nice. Uh, and then, age 19, the Slavs were causing problems. And this time, Justinian II says, no, I'm going to lead it rather than giving it to my uh, general. I'm 19 years old. Some people were unsure about this, especially you. Uh, you thought this was going to go terribly. This was when you thought this was going to be a really short episode, by the way. 
Yes. yes. And then I was end up listening for like four hours while you told yeah. me about everything that you did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you thought he was going to be humiliated at this point. Oh, oh, but no, no, he did well. He impressed many in the army. Uh, so he did well against the Slavs. Uh, then another war with the Caliphate started up. Justinian II used the resettled prisoners of war from the Slavs that he just fought to fight, but many of them defected. So Justinian II ordered them all to be killed. Now, nice. Uh, it, Sources differ. Some people say this doesn't happen. Some people say it was 7,000. Some sources say 10,000. One source says 30,000. So, yes, again, we've got another possible 30,000 people massacred. It must be a Justinian thing. Yeah. Anyway, like I say, it's debated, but we we decided at the end of the episode that he did do this. Anyway, Justinian too then sent someone to arrest the Pope because he was trying to sort out all the religious problems. Uh, again? Again, it must be a Justinian thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Pope had refused to sign the Quintisex uh, rules. Do you remember those? <laughs> Sex. No. Oh, they, they were um, a bunch of rules that were brought in to um, make everyone happy. As They got carried away. There was like a hundred of them. You must smile. Well, they're ridiculous things, some of them, like uh, no having a cow in the church on a Tuesday or something. We might have made that one up now, think about it. But there was a lot about not singing, not selling alcohol in certain times and stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. The Pope wasn't happy with it because he liked to sing and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and drink. Yeah, and uh, yeah, didn't like it, so he didn't sign it. Justinian sent him to be arrested but lots of stuff was going on at the time so it doesn't really work uh, because a lot of people didn't like uh, these laws and the patriarch and the powerful in the city used the blues to start a riot and Leontius is freed from prison and proclaimed emperor Justinian II, aged 26 was captured and his nose was cut off and he was thrown in a cell to bleed to death and that's when I said, oh, and we're pretty much at the end. But I was lying, Jamie. You I were was lying. lying. Sorry. But for dramatic purposes. <laughs> so I hope you forgive yeah. me. Uh, because he was sent to Cherson, uh, Crimea, where, where Crimea is now. And he was there in exile. He slowly recovered. And he learned that Leontius had been deposed by a general called Tiberius. Uh, and Tiberius too was now emperor. And Justinian II oh. swore to get the throne back. And everyone kind of laughed a bit. <laughs> Don't be silly, I've got a nose. Yeah. Hearing that the leaders of uh, Cherson were planning to send him back in chains to the capital, Justinian II flees from his house arrest. Uh, he went up to stay with the Goths for a while, but he was very recognisable, and he realised someone would probably kidnap him, sell him for ransom, so he leaves quite soon after that. He heads to the land of the Khazars on the other side of the Black Sea, a semi-nomadic Turkish people. He married the uh, Kagon's sister, and then one night, Justinian II was told that the Kagon planned to betray him, and the new bodyguards that he'd just been given were about to kill him. So Justinian II, in the middle of a meal, stands up, stands behind his chief bodyguard, and strangles him with a rope where he sits. That's quite cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, at, at this Not point, the bodyguard, it but... just becomes an amazing adventure story because he then flees and he grabs a, a small boat and he rows himself across the uh, the Black Sea. Maybe there was a sail. In my head, he's rowing. Um, he heads across the Black Sea. He stops at Cherson and he picks up a handful of followers. And it's literally a handful. One of them was called Foolish Paul. And that wasn't us. That was the source calling him that. Yes. Brilliant. We assumed that he was Jeff's friend. 
Um, yes. Then they cross the Black Sea more. There's a big storm and everyone's like, oh, we're going to die. And Justinian II says, oh, if I'm f- going to fail, God, kill me now. And then the storm stops. And it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. God was like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he um, he lands, he meets up with the Bulgars and Justinian II convinces the Khan of the Bulgars to back him. They head to Constantinople. Uh, they siege the city. Justinian II uses his knowledge of a hidden passageway to get into the sewers and then suddenly appears in the middle of the city. Hey, it's me, I'm back. <laughs> Tiberius attempts to flee but is captured and Justinian II takes back the throne after ten years of exile. Amazing story. He uses Tiberius and Leontius as footstools in the Hippodrome <laughs> yeah, whilst he is that. crowned the, the second time. Uh, yeah, it's That's like, brilliant. I'm back and these two fools are my footstools. And then the purges start and it all gets a bit revengy. Ravenna was attacked, like I said earlier, it was a whole red wedding thing going on. I remember Ravenna's in his own empire at this point, so that's his own city he does that to. Uh, all the nobles are killed. And perhaps this was to make sure the Pope knew who the boss was because he was trying to reunify the church. Uh, He then went up to Cherson and... No, not personally, sorry. He ordered people in Cherson to be massacred. Sources aren't clear, but something clearly happened. There's some discussion about people being tied in sacks and thrown in the sea. Oh. Yeah. Uh, A general called Philippicos then revolts. So Justinian II goes to put it down. But he went the wrong way. He thought Philippicus was uh, in the Armenia region, but Philippicus had moved and was actually near Cherson, and Justinian II got it wrong. So he left the capital, and Philippicus was able to just come in and take the capital whilst he was out. Uh, Justinian II's son is ripped out of the altar. He's a small boy at the time. Remember, a guard steps in front of one of the churches, holds up mm. this small boy in front of a whole crowd, and slits the boy's throat. Yeah. Mm. It's all very gruesome. Yeah, I mean, when you've, especially we've got an emperor that is quite good at revenge, that's probably yeah. the worst thing you can possibly do. Uh, meanwhile, um, there is uh, a general chasing after Justinian too. And this general uh, had a family, and when Philippicus had revolted, Justinian too had killed this general's entire family, including his children. So this general was not pleased, and he was chasing Justinian II down. Uh, Justinian II was racing back to the capital by this point. He'd heard Philippicus was in there, and bumps into this general, whose family he had murdered. And uh, the two face off against each other, and the general decapitates Justinian II in the middle of a field. And that is right. That is the ending of Macbeth right there. Yes. Yes. That is a king who has killed a general's family and the general goes and decapitates the king in the middle of a field. It's Macbeth. Yeah. So we've got all of the taking the empire back and then we get the end of Macbeth at the end. We thoroughly enjoyed that story. It's a great story. Justinian II uh, got Phytius Maximus of 17. He did some okay fighting, but most of that was points for getting the empire uh, back after he'd been exiled and his nose had been chopped off. Mm. He fought tooth and claw back. He was literally strangling his bodyguard at one point <laughs> to try and get back. Uh, Probium Crazium, we gave him 20. He massacred two of his own cit- cities. He did uh, a massacre of 30,000 people. There was a, throwing people in sacks in the sea. There was a lot going on. Now I say it like this, maybe he did deserve the 20. Mm. Maybe yeah, he did. <laughs> there was a lot going on. It was very Probium Crazium. Uh, Successus Ultimus, uh, we gave him a 9. Obviously, 
if you lived in that empire, it wasn't great. But he did succeed no. in getting the empire back, so yeah, just yeah. under half marks. Image Ophacious, he scored four. I mean, he was an emperor with a golden nose. I mean, he's got to score high. Yeah, uh, buff it up at Christmas. Exactly. Tebo Completo score of two in the 50s club. Very impressive. Total score of 52, and he came in third overall in season two. I mean, he beat Justinian. He beat Justinian. Very close. Very, very close. Remember, Justinian yeah, got 51.5. Justinian 2 gets 52. I mean, oh, they're both very, very good, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, who yeah. else can go through in this round? Well, let's do Manuel well. 1, shall we? <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. It's Manuel. We're jumping forward a bit now. 11.43 to 11.80. We're back with the Komonos dynasty. We covered his father, John II, last time. Yes, and we will cover his grandfather, Alexios, in round four. That's right. That's mm. grandfather, father, and son all get it. It was... We had some strong genes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John II wasn't the strongest Genesis R winner. He... he he wasn't going to go through last round, but he was good enough to get Shane Cesar, definitely. Mm. And out of the three generations, Manuel is the highest scoring of the three. So, out of the three good Komonos emperors, you can argue he's the strongest. Although, don't yeah. forget, Andronicus is also a Komonos, and he's just crazy. So, maybe <laughs> maybe he True. would do better. Um, anyway, just like his father, it's hard to sum up. Just like I said last time, we are in the crusading period here, and the world is so fractured and all the moving parts means it's tricky to follow, especially in a quick summary, but I'll try my best here. Manuel is born the youngest son into the royal family. At age 25, his dad died with that arrow wound to his hand that we discussed last time, and he declared Mm -hmm. on his deathbed that his youngest son should become emperor because the elder son often went into fits of towering rages. Not great. (laughs) No. Yeah. Uh, now, remember, they're off in the east at this point. Um, they're outside uh, Antioch. So Manuel happens to be with John, but the other son is back in the capital. So Manuel sends his fa- father's right-hand man to rush back to the capital. This is Axouch, if you remember. Uh, mm. And they uh, Axouch rushes back, arrests the other brother, and says, no, Manuel's now in charge. So it's all set up for when he arrives, which he does soon afterwards, and he gives everyone in the city two gold pieces. Nice. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, things are going well until the King of France says they wanted another crusade. The last one went so well, uh, so let's do another one. So we're just going to be passing through uh, the French and German armies. Hope that's okay. Uh, Manuel wasn't best pleased about this because obviously they ransack the land as they come through. But it's okay, you can come through, but no fighting. And you're not allowed to siege me, all right? (laughs) Whatever you do. So he receives the French and German armies. He waves them through. Some tensions occur, but it's all okay, ultimately. Mm. Then word comes through. The crusade is falling apart. Oh, dear. This crusade is awful. But Manuel is too busy dealing with the Norman king, Roger. (gasps) Roger. Yeah, this is when Roger (gasps) just loses it and decides to take over Sicily and take over the world. So Manuel meets up with his brother-in-law, the Western Roman Emperor, in all but name, Conrad. Hadn't technically been crowned, so I still don't know if we're going to do him if we do Holy Roman Emperors, but it seems silly Mm. not to. He was very good, and it was all but name, but oh, this is a whole thing we're going to have to deal with if we cover the Holy Holy Roman Emperors. Anyway, he meets up with his uh, brother-in-law, Conrad, do you want to do something with Roger? Because, oh, Roger's a force to be reckoned with. He knows where all the mail is. <laughs> He's uh, got all the stamps. Yeah, so they decide to take on the Normans together. Remember, Roger was a Norman. 
so they're going to do that. All sorts of political and actual fighting take place. Manuel is kept busy putting down revolts started by Roger. Roger is kept busy putting down revolts started by Manuel. And then Conrad, the Pope, and Roger all die within a year or so of each other. Apart from Roger, who obviously lives on forever. But this changes the political landscape. Uh, cousin Andronicus, more of him in round four, uh, then attempts a coup. Uh, but Manuel manages to put it down. Uh, then he goes to the south of Italy, and he takes it from the Normans. Hey! And this is a time where Italy has not been in the Empire for de- uh, for centuries. So half of Italy is suddenly back in the Empire. We were amazed Ooh. by that. Uh, the Pope was so grateful that he started looking at the Eastern Roman Empire as the protector of the Catholic Church, rather than the Western one. Ooh. Yeah, it all looked like things could become very different very rapidly at this time. It was a very interesting time. Uh, but then the Normans rallied, and they took Italy back. So as soon as that started, wow. it, it kind of ended. Uh, but this isn't actually bad for Manuel. Uh, getting Italy was never really uh, an idea. It was going to Italy, bash the Normans around a bit, so they stop invading us, was the plan. They just managed to bash the Normans around even better than they thought they were going to. Um, so uh, the Normans w- uh, sue for peace. The Roman Empire lose nothing after being invaded by a very formidable force. Uh, Then we get some personal stories of Manuel's fighting a giant of a man on a battlefield whilst putting revolts down by the Hungarians and the Serbs, so we got some personal fighting in there that was interesting. Uh, Then he settled the West. All of the Western area of the Empire was settled for the first time in a very long time, so he goes east to deal with the unrest there. His forces were now some of the best in the world after being trained well by him, his father, and his grandfather. So he was able to put through all of the squabbling post-crusade states of the East, and he is the the big guy on the block, just like his father was. Nice. Uh, He's able to take Antioch back for the Empire. Antioch once used to be a crown jewel in the uh, of, of a city in the empire yeah. back in the day. Well, it's back. Antioch's back. That's hey. amazing. He also made the kingdom of Jerusalem a vassal state. So a lot of the Ooh. east is starting to look really good. Uh, he celebrated by taking part in our first ever story of jousting, which was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, although, if I remember correctly, this jousting was less fenced down the middle. It was more everyone grab an axe and a stick and let's just go, let's, let's go, go, go. Uh, But it it was called jousting. The caliphate then paid Manuel a lot of money to go away because the caliphate was scared of him and just gave back all of the the Roman prisoners because they were scared. Manuel was planning to go home anyway, uh, so he just got lots of money in prisoners for doing nothing apart from being Manuel. Uh, He's looking really good (laughs) by this point. On the way home, he avoids being killed by forces of the Sultanate of Rum. They try to assassinate him because he's too powerful. Uh, He manages to get away with it. Manuel gets home and then strong-arms various kingdoms to attack the Sultanate of Rum in revenge. He's not even having to do his own dirty work anymore. He's telling other kingdoms to fight for him. Rum surrenders, and a large part of Anatolia was given back to the Empire. The Sultanate then becomes a vassal of the Empire. Uh, then the Hungarians start causing some trouble yet again, so Manuel goes and defeats them. He takes back the entire Dalmatian coast, right up to uh, Venice, so that's more of the Empire back. He's doing very well. The Balkans are now almost all his, Anatolia is almost all his, Antioch's back in the Empire. He's got an understanding with the Sultanate of uh, Rum and the King of Jerusalem. And he did for a while have Italy for a little bit, but he's definitely put the Normans to bed. It was a period of huge unrest, and 
Manuel just sorted it. Now, let's not forget his grandfather and his father put in a lot of the legwork here, but Manuel did not mm. drop the ball and he no. kept running with it. And uh, it's really good. Uh, he then sends troops to go and see if they can get Egypt back, Jamie. Egypt. Egypt? Yeah. Egypt's not been <laughs> around. Just sat there, it's like, do you know what? Do you know what looked really good? Some pyramids. Yeah, I want some pyramids. Not the one in the wall in Rome. That's rubbish. No. I want the real pyramids. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, due to political upheaval and also some bad weather, this this invasion failed. But it was... It, I mean, let's face it, it was a bit of a pipe dream. But, I mean, no other emperor in season two is trying to get Egypt back. No. Very, very rarely happens. So, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. He was then, right at the end of his reign, defeated by the Sultanate of Rom in a battle which hugely embarrassed him, and he went home and died, probably of embarrassment oh. or something. Yeah. He's getting on in years <laughs> at this point. Uh, all in all, a very competent ruler... I'd say a very strong contender to go through to the next round, almost a shoo-in to go into the next round, if this wasn't a round of death. Yeah. It's very good. It's very good. Anyway, that is uh, 16 for Phytius Maximus. That was only... Only 16? 16 for Phytius Maximus. Yeah, you'd think that would be more, now I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, That is 6 for Probium Crasium. He was fairly sensible. 14 for Successus Ultimus. I think we marked him down for not being able to hold on to Italy and also uh, not getting Egypt. But to be honest, that 14 seems a bit harsh. Mm. Uh, 3.25 for Imago Facius. 4.63 for Tempo Completo. He ruled for a good long time. A very impressive 43.88. He comes sixth overall this season. Manuel. Oh, Manuel. Yeah. And he did it all with a black cigarette as well. He did. So, there you go. But is it good enough to go through? We go to our next one. Justin II. Justin II. Nephew of Justinian Great. And we've already obviously talked about him in the Probium Crasium. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, his overall score is not great. Uh, he only scored 29.38, coming in 33rd. But Justin II was announced emperor upon Justinian's death by the patriarch and the head of the excubitors. We get very little detail to begin with, but there is one story that he and his wife, um, Sophia, had his cousin, a rival also called Justin, killed. And then they play football with Justin's head around the palace. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, so had I. I'd completely, because I always remember the crazy stuff at the end. But no, there was that story as well at the start, which perhaps I should have mentioned in the Approbium Crasium section. (laughs) Now I think about it. Do we want to swap him and Justinian 2 round? No, because there's a whole mental health thing. Yeah, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Right, okay, um... Anyway, Justin II then announces that the payments to all these barbarians that his uncle Justinian had started were going to stop. This did not make the Avars happy. That's right, Jamie, it's the Avars. It's when the Avars were around. Um, yeah. So he then goes, well, we're not paying you, Avars and Gepids. We're going to fight you instead. So he heads off to fight the Avars and the Gepids. Uh, he does reasonably well. He was able to take the city of Sirmium uh, back. A, again, another jewel in the old empire. Um, which, yeah, I mean, that's great. Um, However, he then starts to lose control of Italy, apart from the major cities. Italy is no longer nicely coloured in. It's now that period of time where little bits of roads and major cities are in the empire, and the rest is just not. Looks a bit like the outline of a lung. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The war with the Avars drag on, and eventually Justin realises that paying them off would have been far, far cheaper 
as his uncle had got, got it right, basically. Uh, it just yeah. wasn't working. Anyway, then war breaks out with the Persians, uh, and he needs to go and deal with it, uh, but he can't because he goes mad. <laughs> and I won't go over all that again because we talked about that in no. the Probium Crasium. Um, but yeah, so uh, his genesis are let's be honest, was because he went mad and it's very yeah. interesting and you remember the stories. Uh, that's why mm. I got Jenny Caesar. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not looking good for him. No, it's, it's not. It's not. But he deserves to be here. He deserves to be here. And last, and I hesitate to say least. Eudocia. Okay, Eudocia ruling from 1067 to 1067. Very short rule. And let's face it, she's not going through. We know she's not going through. She no. ruled for seven months, but she was politically very impressive because she put the empire before herself and her family. Something that very, very, very few rulers <laughs> have ever yeah. done. I stand by this, Jeanne Caesar. Yeah. I definitely do. But I do feel like this is where her journey will end. Uh, she was born into a powerful family. She married Constantine Ducas. Uh, the two had several children. While all sorts of political intrigue is going on, Constantine becomes the emperor thanks to manoeuvring by good old Celus. Mm. Uh, but after seven years, Constantine X dies. He made it very clear that his wife, Eudocia, was going to be in charge until their son, Michael, was old enough. It would appear everyone realised Eudocia had a sensible head on her shoulders and was a good person to be in charge. However, as you can imagine, a lot of people weren't happy with this due to the... Uh, misogyny of the Romans. Uh, so yeah. Eudocia was forced to swear a vow that she would never wed again and only support her son. That way Michael gets to be the emperor as soon as possible. And he is he's knocking about 18 at this point, so this should be a period of months. Yeah. And then we crown the yeah. son, I think. Yeah. yeah. But Eudocia realised the empire was very weak and its enemies were looking in, looking at a weak empire and thinking now is a good time to invade. Like vultures picking like, over a carcass of a big goat thing yeah, that lives in definitely. Uh, this yeah. is not a good time, Eudocia realised, for her to be in charge. And she looked at her son and she asked herself a very honest question and thought, it's not a good time for my son to be in charge either. We need a good general in charge. And she wasn't the only one to realise this because she had heard that a popular general, future Romanos IV, was planning a coup. Now, rather than just panic or try and fight against it, Eudocia had him arrested and then went to see him, and said, how about Romanos, instead of you cooing, why don't you marry me, and then become the emperor with my son as your heir? That way we've got a strong emperor in charge, my son still gets to be heir, he can be emperor next, when the empire's not in so much trouble. Yeah. It was just a really smart move. Yeah. Put, put down the, the idea of being cooed immediately, but of course, she couldn't remarry, because she had sworn the oath. Yes. But she could remarry if the oath was lifted and only one person could lift the oath and that's the patriarch now the patriarch wasn't going to go do that anytime soon the patriarch thought the oath was a good idea so she set up a rumor that she fancied the patriarch's brother the patriarch thinking that his brother could become the emperor if she if he released her from the oath released her from the oath she then immediately told Celus that she plans to wed romanos which she does and then steps down so she politically manoeuvred herself so a coup didn't happen against her family and she managed yeah. to get out of an oath that she'd been forced to swear. And she did it not for political gain, but for the good of the empire. And her family, I guess, and it's her son. Yeah, exactly. Constantine's safe. 
it's just very impressive. I yeah, it's it's short, sharp little story, but it's showing political skills that we rarely see in this podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, Eudocia. Scored uh, none for Phytius Maximus, uh, none for Probium Crasium, 11 for Successus Ultimus, because she succeeded in mm. doing what she did. Mm. Um, she scored 3.75 for Majofacius, uh, 0.13 for Tempo Completo, she's only left seven months, uh, 14.88, which gives her the low score, sorry, the low ranking of 58th. Uh, I, I think as well, like rethinking what she did... There was actually quite a lot of political fighting in there. Yeah, I was thinking maybe that... Not, not loads, but maybe... Not loads. Um, I'm we gave su- her zero, I think, maybe one or two, or Yeah, three? I, Yeah, I'm looking at that, and I'm wondering why we gave her zero, because, uh, yeah, I'd expect her to have scored something there. Um, but, oh well, that's the way the cookie crumbled on that day. Yeah. So there we go, Jamie. That's mm. the round of death. That is Justinian 1, Justinian 2, Manuel 1, Justin 2, and Eudocia. Like, mm. right, let's just straight away... Are we agreeing that Justin 2 and Eudocia aren't going through? Well, I don't know. I think you can make an... Art- no, no right. of course not. So we are yeah. talking about the top three. Our, four, yeah. our third, fourth and sixth ranking of the season. And I am honestly unsure where to go here. Choosing two of these is tough. I mean, I, in my head, have an idea. I have an idea. It doesn't make me happy because I don't no, want to lose. I'm not happy. I don't want to lose any of these. I would have put all no. three of these in first yeah. place last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's tragic the way that the rounds have happened that one of these gets knocked mm-hmm. out so early. But it is a shame that Manuel won't be joining them. It That's is a shame that Manuel won't be joining them. It's got to be Manuel, hasn't it? It's got, yeah, to, it's be. got to be. There's no way Justinian the Great's not going through. He is no. arguably the best Eastern Roman Emperor of all time. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't argue that, but a lot of people do for very good reason. Justinian's two story is just so phenomenally good. How yeah. can he not go through? Yeah. Manuel was so good, though. He was so good. But you could argue he was propped up by his grandfather and his father. That's, I mean, it's a weak argument because he carried the ball, like you said. It's just, it's just, it's a terrible round. It is. It's it's a round of death. I really feel sorry for Manuel. Uh, But I do agree with you. If we're both thinking the same thing, then I think that's what we need to say. But we still have one more thing to discuss because we need to decide who comes in first and who comes in second. And I, 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 I just don't know. I do not know where to put this. Justinian II scored marginally higher. However, as we've discussed in this episode, perhaps we were slightly harsh on Justinian I's Opprobium Crasium. Possibly we were slightly lenient on Justinian II's Opprobium Crasium. Mm. Um, so again, balances out annoyingly. Yeah, so these two, I, how? How do you... They're, they're very different as well. One of them was a brilliant force for the Empire and made it really good. The other one just mm. has this phenomenally cool story, which you just it has Genesis art written all over it. It's almost like yin and yang, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> There's uh, a point five between them. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing I was kind of expecting to come up against in the final, mm. not in one of the rounds. Well, let's play it how they scored. How, how it played in the score, that's, that's putting Justinian 2 first and Justinian 1 second. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it that way. That I'm, makes I'm it easier, ha- right? I am happy to go with that because that's the score we gave on the day and we had more detail at that time. And if we can't put a piece of paper between them right now today, let's say that. And if they happen to meet each other again, say in the final, then we'll have to make a real decision then. 
Yeah. So let's kick this can down the road, shall we? Yeah, basically, yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying. And yeah. let's trust past us to have uh, made the right call in that score. Yeah. Okay. Justinian 2, well done. You are our leader. You go through. Justinian mm. 1, you also go through in second place. Manuel 3rd. And Justinian to a Eudocia. Sorry, it just was never going to happen. So there we go. Round two done. Um, yeah, it was definitely tougher today. Mm. Uh, round three is next. And uh, if round one was a fairly uh, tight group that were sort of in the middle of the pack, and round two was a round of death, round three, we've got stuff going on all over the place. Uh, it's going to be interesting. That's um, Basil 2, Leo 3, Theodosius 3, Theodore, and John 3. A clear favourite in there. Uh, but who goes through, let's face it, with Basil? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be tight. That's the way the rounds That's crumble. the way the rounds go. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, thank you for all the, the very positive feedback we got from our first episode of the rounds. Uh, I'm glad that people enjoyed them. Uh, I hope you're still enjoying them. And if you are one of our Patreons and you are playing along with the pretend betting that your emperor goes through, uh, because there's a whole thing going on there, um, I'm purposely not looking at it so I don't become biased. Uh, (laughs) I apologise if we knocked your emperor out today, but that's the way it goes. Um, Oh, you know what? I completely forgot, Jamie. Oh, completely forget. I forgot, and I did this last time. Asked people to say what they thought, didn't I? And people talked about season two. So let me just... uh, (laughs) It's not going to sway us because we've already made our decision, but let's see what people said. Okay, so we've got uh, Magda saying Eudocia should go through. I agree. It's probably not what you're looking for uh, because she doesn't have any chance. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to vote for Eudocia anyway. At least so you don't dismiss her out of hand. We didn't dismiss... We did. We dismissed her out of hand, didn't we? Well, yeah. But what I will say is that I was very impressed with her and she deserved to be in this round. Anyway, I'll carry on quoting her. She was a great political player doing, as you said yourself in the episode, very well indeed with the cards that she was dealt. Her actions may not have been amazing, but she was undoubtedly an impressive person. Person. I think yep. it's always worthwhile to keep reminding ourselves about the women that contributed making history, since they sadly still tend to be in the shadows in most narratives. Completely agree with that. 100% yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just, you've got the two Justinians in your group. <laughs> and Manuel, yeah. I mean, what hope have you got? Okay, um, uh, Okay. David P, just want to advocate for Justinian the Great here for a moment, because ironically, it feels like he may not have gotten his full due in memory. He got quite a lot of competition with his later namesake and Justin II in the same category, but their insane crazy scores shouldn't overshadow how off-kilter the original was either. I don't think I need to reiterate his accomplishments here, they more than precede him, but let's not forget about the massive slaughter he ordered at the beginning of his reign. Yes, it's a very good point. There's some real opprobrium there. Uh, and who can forget his right-hand man, Belisarius, a, few su- a true successor to Agrippa, if ever there was one? And don't let the myth of Justinian Great overshadow the accomplishments and intrigue of the man himself. He clearly is the best of the bunch in this round, and one of the highest scorers from both series for a good reason. Yeah, David P., I've got to agree with that. It's why yeah. he went through. Okay, uh, Asbeth, uh, Justin too, because he's a chicken, afraid of the boggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to argue with that, but we did. Uh, Roberto says, Manuel won. You can't blame him for having to deal with the snooty Norman culture. Uh, fair enough. It's a shame he didn't get it. Aiden just wants to moan again about Alexios come his round, but uh, that's not this one, so I won't read that one out. 
Okay. And now people are starting to talk about uh, the next round, round three, I think. So let's, let's leave it there for now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think generally we might have uh, called it. And um, finally, before we say goodbye, then let's just uh, see if we do agree with the listeners uh, voting. So we have overwhelmingly in round two, Justinian two has been chosen. It's overwhelming. Hey, so there, there we, we go. go. And in second place, with a, a healthy uh, score, is Justinian 1. So there we go. Um, yes. we, we have called it the same as the uh, listeners yeah. this time as well, which is uh, it's nice. Right, and we are going to leave it there then. Right, thank yeah. you very much for listening. Uh, and until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Beware the buckle. <laughs> This is the BBC's coverage of the Chariot Races. And welcome to the second round of the Chariot Race for the Roman Emperors in the East. I'm Winston Featheringway. And I'm Cuthbert Mountbatten. And here we are, and it's another glorious day for the Chariot Races. And uh, uh, I just wanted to say, Winston, that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the last race. I thought it was absolutely splendid. The way they raced, the way they fought, and our two winners, I think, were very deserving. Yes, I... I I went home afterwards, uh, I said to the wife, I thoroughly enjoyed that race, I said, and do you know what she said? What did she say? Oh my. Oh gosh, that is, that is quite yes. a compliment. Quite the compliment, so there you go. Uh, she, she, she caught it on the wireless, and uh, she thoroughly enjoyed it as well. We can only hope there's more thorough enjoyment going on today. And uh, yes, I can see already we have the racers lined up on their chariot. Well, of course, we can see some marvellous steeds here. You can see Justine One in lane one, looking uh, quite, quite splendid and grand there. Look at him, he's majestic, absolutely majestic. And a beautifully artistic horse as well. Very much, it's been, you can tell he's got the local children of the orphanage to, to paint and decorate his horse. Looking absolutely. quite splendid. Absolutely, uh, it's marvellous. And next to him is uh, Justinian Two. Justinian Two. It's a spiky chariot. It's very spiky. Yes, uh, someone could cause himself some mischief on that. Uh, spikes, spikes yes. on the spikes, you could say. Let's hope. No one gets too yes. close. Ah, uh, Manuel, I can see he's not even using a chariot. He's just riding on a horseback, which is bareback, quite impressive. Yes, bareback. He's not even on the horse right now. He's just standing next to the horse, uh, smoking a small black cigar. Looking fairly confident, I must say. Yes, he seems to be talking to rows A to C of the stands near him, and all of them appear to be swooning. That is quite the accomplishment. Yes, yes it is. And uh, then in lane four, uh, we have Justin two. Uh, oh. Now, um... Justin, too, I was told, did have a horse, uh, but he ate the horse, so they've had to get a replacement. Yes, I believe he is currently riding a large South Atlantic crab. Yes, a giant of a crab. Uh, I never have seen a crab so large. No, I'm uh, amazed they managed to custom make the saddle for it, to be honest. Yes, but there you go, it's a big crab. That's all there is to it. And then finally, uh, there is Eudocia. Oh, absolutely splendid. Looking marvellous on her horse there. Cool, composed. What more is there to say apart from then what a professional. As you can see, the, uh, the, the man with the bow and arrow is about to start the race. He's attached the flag and 
And we're off. And we are off. And they are immediately out of the stocks. All of them neck and neck. All of them racing forward. Apart from Justinian 2 there. Justinian 2 is uh, falling slightly back. It's all the spikes. He, he seems to have got caught up slightly. It's a and slow, it, slow start from Justinian 2. You see, but right in the front we've got Justinian 1. He is way out in lead now. He's making his gap between the other ones. Followed close and on well. And Justin 2, his uh, side scuttling out of the starting line there. Yes, it's... Um, does appear that the crab is racing sideways and he is sitting side saddle so he is facing forward it's quite a sight to behold and uh, they take the first hairpin oh it's it's really tight oh the crab cannot take this hairpin there's too many legs too no. many legs there winston this is it, awful. it feels He's like it's almost doing a three-point turn oh it's gone straight into the side of the walls oh oh, oh this is painful to watch and just steady in two then catches up with him smashes him to the crab this is this is awful this, this awful. is so we now have Justinian 1 in first place, Eudocia and Manuel neck and neck in second place. Uh, then we have Justinian 2 in fourth. And, oh, it's it's painful watching this crap. It's it's up on its feet. It's it's up and going again. But Justin 2 is not in a good way at all. No, many, many, many lacerations on his, on his poor, poor crazy face. And, oh, if you see Manuel there, I can see he's removing a giant jousting stick from his side pocket. It looks... Retractable. Impressive. It's very impressive. You can hear the crowd. They are. Uh, swooning is the only word to use. On mass swooning, they're very impressive. And yes, it would appear we are going offensive. We are going offensive. He is. He is throwing it forward. He's trying to get Justinian one. Oh, it's a oh. miss. It's a miss. It's so close. That was uh, very close indeed. I see he went for the hubcap there. Missed. Oh, I've got to stop you. I. I thought it was a miss, but now I'm looking into the crowd, it would appear that he has speared a rose, and that rose has now travelled three, three rows back, and it's now in the hands, what could only be described as a beautiful maiden. Well, there we go. Uh, Manuel is now winking. Well, she looks delighted. Winking at I the crowd. Say. It would appear it was, after all, a hit. It's just Manuel was not focusing on what we're focusing no. on. Still in second, though, very impressive. Still in second, and as we carry on with this long stretch of the track, we can just have a look at our other commentary teams from other international uh, municipalities around the world. We've got our yes. Spanish team over the, the side. The Spanish team, obviously, rooting for Manuel there. They are very excited. We've got our Greek team. Yes, home patch. They're very excited as well. And also, uh, uh, I was saying this uh, last time, uh, dear listeners, uh, to, to Winston, our American colleagues over there, oh, oh, they yes. are very excited. I believe the first time the Americans have come to watch the chariot races. Oh, they do uh, love a chariot race. They're very excited. Oh, they are jumping up and down. One of them looks scared, to be honest. I do. Oh, I, yes. I think one of them's drinking from a, something called a Bud Light. I have no idea what that is. Yes, well, there we go. Anyway, oh, and uh, oh, we've, we're reaching the other hairpin. It's all about to get exciting again. So here we go, and uh, round they go. There's Justinian 1, Manuel, Eudocia, and just behind Justinian 2. And just, Justinian 2's out. Oh, he's smashed into the He's gone straight into the crowd. It's just tipped. He's fallen into the crowd. Justinian 2 is out of the race. His spiky chariot flips several times, impales several people in the crowd. There is blood and tears everywhere. And he appears um, to have face-planted quite hard into one of those plastic chairs. Oh, it, uh, oh, there's a lot of blood coming out of his face there. So there we go, Justinian 2, a firm favourite, and he's out early. Now, this is a shock, and Manuel is going to be very pleased with this. This means he has much more of a chance than he first thought. 
And you can see Justinian One looking very confident at the front there. He appears to be... strides ahead, strides. Strides ahead. He, he also appears to be repainting the sides of the wall. Seems to improving the stadium as he's travelling forward. Quite impressive. Would you not agree, Cuthbert? Very, very impressive. I mean, it's going to take a lot to... Um... Oh, sorry, what's, what's this? I'm just seeing over the crowd there. The crowd are holding up a sign. It says, Justin 2, the boggle is coming. Oh dear, Justin 2. Yes, Justin 2 seen it. Oh, he is panicking. He is absolutely panicking. That crab is speeding up quite a bit. It is I... speeding up quite a bit. He's covered his eyes. He can't see where the crab is going. He's lost complete control. Oh, but, oh, there's so much speed now. No, he has, he has caught up Eudosia. He has passed Eudosia, and as Goodness we enter the hairpin again, yes, that's right, he's straight past Manuel too, and it's only going to be a matter of time before he catches the speed is phenomenal here. And yes, he is now in the lead, Justin 2 is in the lead, and he is going so, so fast into the hairpin once more, but, oh, he's just going straight. He is just going straight. Oh, dear. He's heading straight for the audience. He's gone into the audience. He's in the audience. He's over the audience. He's... He's got the over the side of the stadium. Oh, he's, he's, he's gone. He, he, has, he has just gone. Just into... Has, has gone. We should have boarded off the stadium. Uh, never mind. He's, well, he's left. the organisers were informed that this could happen. Yes, well, that's no Justin 2, no Justinian 2, only three people left in it. That is Justinian 1, now back in the lead after that surprise. Uh, Manuel 2 is gaining, uh, but to be honest, doesn't seem to be taking this seriously. He is currently uh, penning a love poem, it would appear. Ah, I believe a sonnet. Yes, um, it would appear so. Uh, there's a lot of winking going on. Uh, Eudosia is, is catching up, but only slowly. She is... A, a consummate professional, but I don't think she's got the speed. I don't, I just don't think she will catch it in time. And uh, she seems completely impervious to Manuel's flirtations. Well, we've got about ten laps left, but to be honest, I don't see how this is going to change anymore, Winston. And uh, no. right here we are settled in till the end. I can see our American colleagues across the row are still very animated, though. I'm not sure what they're quite so excited they about. They just won't stop. If you can almost hear them from here. Uh, oh, well. Uh, anyway, um, yes, and uh, we take the hairpin again, and yes, uh, the crowd, oh, you can hear the crowd, they're starting to lose interest. It would appear that this race is now a two-horse race, um, which is ironic, there are three horses. Yes, it's it's just Justinian, Manuel, and Winston. Winston, yes. what's this? I just see a cloud of dust. You can see the ground shaking, and... The dust is being kicked up and... Oh my goodness. It's... Oh, good God, man. Oh, God, it's Justinian too. He's back. He's back. He's on a brand new chariot made of gold. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's just... racing around very fast. He's taken the hairpin. He's... He's... He's on that Eudosia. He has. He's ahead of Eudosia. That chariot looks phenomenal. It's going so quick. It's just covered in gold noses. It's a strange and striking look, but it's doing well for him. Manuel's is... looking around. Uh, he doesn't look too concerned, to be honest. Uh, I think he thinks he's got this, but uh, not Justinian too has pulled out a sword. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And, uh, yes, he's thrown the sword. An unusual approach for the sword, but he's thrown the sword. And the... Oh, it's oh. hit the horse of Manuel. The horse goes toppling. Manuel into the dirt. Oh, but he rolls. He rolls, and he's up, and he's on a spare horse already. That is quite phenomenal for Manuel there. I have uh, never seen moves like that. That is yes. impressive horseplay. 
I mean, that horse is very, very dead, but he's on a new horse already, barely even blinked. Uh, oh, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal, but that quick pit stop from Manuel there has cost him, because Justinian 2 has caught up off and overtaken him, so we have Justinian 1, Justinian 2, Manuel and Eudocia, and we're into our final lap, and it's incredibly close. It is incredibly close, and as we can see, the riders, they're starting to get more angsty, they're starting to get more pressured, they're pushing their horses, you can see the sweat from the horses' hooves spraying on the floor. Justinian 2 is going to catch Justinian 1. He is going to catch him. He, it is neck and it. neck. It is neck and neck with one hairpin. And who's this from the crowd jumping in? Is that Belisarius? That is Belisarius. Belisarius is coming in to take... Oh, he has grabbed hold of Justinian 2 by the nose. He is trying to pull off. The nose has come off. It is a fake nose. I repeat, it is a fake nose. Belisarius falls to the dirt with fake nose in hand. He tried to take... Justinian 2 down, but it's not worked. So they are neck and neck round the last hairpin. Who can call this? It is too close. It is far too close. You can see Justinian 2. He is pushing that horse for all he can do. Justinian 1 looking very scared. That's it. That's it. They're over the finish line. I can't call it. I can't say who will. We are going to have to wait for the painting. So, yes, it was. Uh, it was Justinian 2 by a literally by, <laughs> by a nose. Um, so, um, there we go. Well, thank you very much uh, for listening to the BBC's coverage of the chariot races. Uh, we have Justinian 2, our winner, and Justinian 1, second place. But well, well comes in a very elegant third place. Unfortunately, Eudocia didn't quite make the podium, but she was incredibly graceful and was not influenced by the negativity around her. Uh, Rumour is Justin 2 is now a parsnip. So, there we go. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the BBC's coverage of the Chariot Races. And good evening.